Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, broadcasting live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central, from Panama City Beach, Florida, home of the world's most beautiful beaches. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining me on my weekly broadcast. Every week, I'll feature some of the best instructors, coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs in the golf business today. I begin with a great discussion on Coach's Corner, followed by an insightful interview with my special guest. So let's get started by introducing tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live here on Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be starting off here in just a moment or two with another great round of Coach's Corner with the panel, uh, and uh, I will introduce them in just a moment. And then a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to be uh, joined by a very special guest, Robbie Raw, who is uh, not only a registered nurse, but she's also an integrative uh, nutritionist and motivational health and fitness speaker, as well as a radio host of the Raw Truth on ESPN and WDCX Radio, and she's also a Catalyst uh, fitness instructor, and she's also an author, too. We're going to talk about her book uh, here in just a little bit uh, when she joins us. And actually, she was on the Women of Golf show with uh, my good friend and co-host, LPJ professional Cindy Miller, a few weeks ago. Uh, we only had a little uh, limited time, so we didn't get a chance to get into her book, uh, which we're going to talk about more tonight. Uh, so I decided to bring her on. Uh, Golf Talk Live uh, as a featured guest, and we'll get into that and more uh, when she comes on. Uh, but let me remind everybody, of course, uh, as I said, we are live here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And at the end of the show, uh, during the outro, you'll have some other great ways that you can tune into the show as well if you haven't already figured it out. Um, and I also want to thank uh, the sponsor of the Coach's Corner panel, golfswing.com, uh, who has been very uh, generous in coming back and sponsoring the segment again this season. I'm uh, very excited to have them on. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about them right here, and then I'll bring out uh, our panel. Uh, Golfswing.com, with their cutting-edge technology, have teamed up alongside some of the best golf instructors, coaches, and swing gurus in the business. Together, they have created the best video teaching and training uh, online platform in golf. Uh, so if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best. Uh, join Golfswing.com today and watch, practice, and improve your game and don't forget to enter the promo code GOLFTALKLIVE uh, at checkout to receive 50% off the subscription price. It's well worth it. They've got some great instruction on there and some great videos. So definitely check them out after the show. That's golfswing.com. Uh, all right, as I mentioned, I've got a great panel uh, on tonight. And one of them is here right now. And hopefully the other one will be joining us here in a second. So I'm going to introduce her first. Uh, Sue Weger, of course, is a number one best-selling author. Uh, she actually has a great book as well uh, called Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. We've talked about that here on the show. Uh, she's also a motivational speaker and peak performance coach, and she is a 24-plus year LBJ Class A golf professional and the owner of Uyghur Consulting, LLC. Uh, also, hopefully joining us here on the panel is going to be John Hughes. He's a PJ Master uh, Professional and the president of North Florida PJ Section as well as the recipient for the 2013 PGA of America Horton Smith Award, uh, as well as a top 30 instructor with Golf Tips Magazine. So those are going to be the panelists tonight. But Sue's here already. John's a little bit late to the party, but we'll bring him on when he joins us here. So, Sue, welcome to uh, Coach's Corner. Hey, Ted. Um, oh, it's a beautiful day here in Arizona. So <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. It was as we were talking about off air. It's a little hot and steamy here in Florida, so I'm a little bit jealous. 
but we were talking about, and I won't get into it too long, but uh, uh, we were just talking about uh, my trip to uh, California just a few weeks ago and how much cooler it was and, and uh, really enjoyed just getting that reprieve, if you will, from some of the hot, muggy weather that we're getting here in Florida. But it's typical and, as they say, par for the course uh, uh, for the summer here in Florida. So uh, I can't complain. I, I chose to live here, and that's what you get. But um, I know that you're looking for forward to a little bit uh, uh, cooler weather in your neck of the woods as well, correct? Yes, correct. We had um, just this last week we broke a record at 115, which is crazy. Ouch. Um, but the nice thing, yeah, the nice thing here about in, in August <laughs> is we have the monsoons that come in in the afternoon, so humidity goes up, but it's nothing like humidity in Florida. It's about 35 to 45 percent humidity. <laughs> So it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot different um, versus your probably 80 yeah. 90 percent humidity temperatures. So. Oh, oh, and yeah, and then some. It's yeah. it's. <laughs> yeah, I can only. Yeah, yeah it, I it's. <laughs> it's broken the ceiling a few times. Let me tell you, it's uh, it's not quite gotten to triple digits, but yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, all right, I see John is also here. John, good evening and welcome uh, onto the Coach's Corner panel. Good evening, Ted. Apologize for being tardy. It's just one of those things taking care of the clients. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, as I mentioned uh, on the panel tonight is uh, John Hughes and Sue Weger. Uh, both of them are here now, so we're going to get into uh, tonight's uh, discussion. So uh, I put together an amateur's checklist, if you will, of, of things that they can do and, and or should do uh, in order to play their best golf. So um, John, since you're a little late to the party, I'm going to uh, give Sue the honors to, to start things off um, and with the first question here. And, and it, it's sort of par for the course, if you will, because uh, a little bit later on in the show, as I mentioned, uh, Robbie Raw is going to be joining us, and she's a, a nutritionalist uh, expert. Um, so I know she's going to be able to add some, some uh, great things to, to this particular question. But uh, Sue, I want to ask you about, about really uh, nutrition and eating I guess, right to get the most out of your round, some, and also some things to avoid uh, that's going to zap your energy. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is when they're out there playing 18 holes, that you need a lot of energy to be able to complete that round, uh, you know, effectively. And unfortunately, people don't prepare. So just based on your own experience and maybe uh, tips that you've given your students, if you will, um, when they're out there, uh, you know, playing on the golf course, maybe some things that they, they should do to help uh, maintain those energy levels and maybe some things to avoid uh, both pri prior to playing and while they're on the course. Yeah, I think the first thing is regards to prepare is um, hydration, hydration, hydration. I, I, I'm sure that is, you know, pushed, but I don't think a lot of people understand how important it really is because our body is completely made of, you know, 90% water. Um, and once our body starts to dehydrate, uh, we lose focus, we lose energy, um, and it's very hard to sustain um, mental acuity when we're out there on the golf course. And a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't have, I don't want to be thinking on the golf course. But, but you do in the sense of, you know, understanding pre-shot routine and just being aware and be able to focus. So I think hydration is the big thing. And I think a lot of the times a lot of people think water is enough. And in and, and some people that is the case, but water sometimes is not enough. And I highly recommend is that people start off with maybe even mixing up um, half water, half electrolytes. Um, and a lot of people like to do the Gatorade, but I also warn that you know, a lot of people don't do really well with um, the type of Gatorades or the Powerades that have a lot of sugar. So I always suggest that, is that they 
mix it with 50% electrolyte and 50% water and start that way um, to prepare um, for their long rounds, especially during the summer when the humidity is up like yours in Florida and the heat is up here in, in here in Arizona. So uh, the other thing is in regards to, you know, energy, our fuel, our body is, uh, or our food is what we need to fuel our body. So I think in regards to, especially with juniors, uh, this is something that a lot of people don't really talk about or, um, you know, parents aren't aware of it, but you have to be very careful of, like I said, the high sugar content. And a lot of people says, you know, protein bars or, you know, candy bars and candy bars aren't, aren't, are not a good thing because of the high sugar content. So protein bars is what I highly recommend, you know, and I think as um, coaches, we need to just educate our players is that, you know, food and water is important because our energy, you're out there for a minimum of five hours. People think it's four hours, but really it's a minimum of anywhere from four to six hours by the time you arrive at the golf course and by by the time you leave. So six hours, and that's a long time not to have anything either hydration or any type of food or fuel within the body. So that's something that I always talk about with the parents and the juniors and players that are, are planning to play in tournaments. Because as you know, in regards to high, higher level amateurs, they play more than one day events. A lot of times they play in two day events uh, and, you know, and they travel to those events. So it does take a lot of energy um, and focus in order to be at your as we call peak performance levels, both in the the emotional side and the physical side. And as you said, in regards to hydration and and food are really, really important to be able to stay at that peak level. Well said. And, and, you know, the other thing too, Sue, you know, that a lot of people don't realize, and and even I didn't realize this for for a long time until I, uh, some years ago, spoke with a, a nutritionist and, and really got some, some great uh, tips. But, you know, people don't realize that, you know, we're sleeping, uh, well, for those of us that get some sleep, um, you know, maybe anywhere from six <laughs> to eight hours a night. Um, you know, I, I try. Um, but, you know, so for all that time, you're, you're not taking any, uh, you know, intake. Uh, you know, they're not drinking any water. So you're actually, in a way, you're kind of waking up a little bit dehydrated because you've actually had no water intake, um, you know, unless you've gotten up in the middle of the night and, and, and you know, snuck a, a glass full. But for the most part, most people don't. So you're getting up. So that early morning uh, routine, if you will, of, of getting some good nutrition into you, but also, you know, rehydrating with some water and, and as you said, maybe some electrolytes is equally important, correct? Absolutely. I think um, I make it a day, daily habit. The first thing I do in the morning is have two large glasses of water before breakfast because it just starts the day off. Um, and I've been doing that the last six months, and it's made a huge difference on just how my body feels and, and how awake I can get um, in regards to prepare for my day. And that's not even, you know, like I'm teaching anywhere from you know, eight to nine hours a day. So it's just the same as out there being beyond the golf course as players are. So I highly recommend it. it's an easy routine, two big glasses of water before breakfast. Um, as you're walking around getting ready for, you know, ready for your day, you can be sipping it. It's not that you have to like, Oh my gosh, I have to like, you know, have like 32 <laughs> ounces of water right away, <laughs> but you can, right, like, right. the first two hours of waking up, you can have, I carry around a very large, um, what do you want to call canister of water? 
um, with me. Right. And the first two hours of all I do is drink water, and it's, it really makes a difference on how you feel throughout the day. Yeah, and, and a lot of people too mistake that you know it, that's a great point. You know, a lot of people um, also make the mistake, John, of thinking, well, you know, I'll get up and I'll have my morning coffee, and there's nothing wrong with with having some coffee. Um, but they think, well, that's a liquid, so I'm, you know, I'm putting something liquid in my body. Um, but John, I want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously we don't need to, to go over all the specifics because Sue did a great job of covering them. But uh, I want to talk about when we get to the golf course because this is something uh, that we often see with some of our uh, players out there. Um, you know, they're they're getting out there, they're, you know, grabbing a bunch of snacks to take around with them, or when the, you know, the the cart to you know, comes rolling around after a few holes, you know, they're stocking up on a lot of these sugary drinks and sugary uh, items uh, or worse. What are some things that you, you know, and I'm not trying to steal anybody's fun for those of you listening to the show out there, but, you know, if you want to play your best (laughs) golf, there's some things that you need to do. So, John, just talk a little bit about some energy zapping things that are going to find their way into your your, uh, golf cart or or, uh, pull cart, uh, you know, during a round. I think the first thing is I have to overcome the myth that two giant cups of coffee is good for me in the morning. Uh, Maybe that's not it. Uh, As far as zappers go, it all depends on the golf course that you're playing. Uh, The the various courses here in Orlando that operate very much like a resort, your, your golf, your, your beverage card is a resort. It's the alcohol. It's the mixers with the alcohol. It's a lot of snacks and candies. Uh, the more traditional municipal public access, it's the halfway house or the, the restaurant with the rotary hot dog is what I call it. The, the one that's on the rotisserie, boom, bang, it's in the bun. Right. Put something on it and, and you're out of there. Uh, what those things do is spike. Everything, everything that you're going to get out of that is a spike. And at some point, unless that cart or unless that halfway house shows up again at the end of the spike to refuel the same way, just like there's a high, there's going to be an equal low. And that's typically right. when your game's going to go down. So you're looking at things that will maintain energy level while still fueling nuts. Um, simple sugars, not complex carbohydrates. I'm sorry, not complex sugars. Complex carbohydrates versus simple carbohydrates. Uh, they they just last in your system longer. Your body uh, uses these things a little longer. Combined with the correct hydration, typically you can go every three to five holes, not have any issues. Do a little bit of refueling. Um, one of my better amateurs, he's, we, he was here for a couple weekends ago for a weekend, and he was talking about how he tries to refuel every two and a half to three holes on a granola mix that his wife makes him or something else similar, and, and it's whether he needs it or not, and that's the real key. By the time you're zapped, you're zapped, and you're zapped beyond what you believe to be zapped. It's the same thing. If you're thirsty, you're beyond thirsty. You got to keep drinking. So when it comes to fueling from a food standpoint of view, it, Jason, my, my amateur, does it correctly. Two and a half to three holes, he's forcing his hand into his bag to grab some nuts or grab some granola or grab an energy bar or whatever the case may be. 
And the other thing I'd tell you, if you're super competitive, whether it's a nutritionist, your general practitioner who can refer you to a nutritionist, everybody's different. So your ZAP level, Ted's going to be different from Sue's, which is going to be different than mine. It's all based on metabolism, and there are certain things that are going to work for you that won't work for me. But at the same time, I may zap it quicker than Sue. So until you know that combination, and a lot of times it's trial and error, but you can find some professionals out there, medical professionals, that can you can get some blood work up done, some, some other things done, and then come up with something that's going to come really, really close. It's a matter of you tweaking it while you're on the course to make sure you're there. It, at the end of the day, when, when Sue and I, when you have a really good student, uh, they play well, they play consistent, and all of a sudden they're saying, ooh, why am I so inconsistent? And we've checked all the other boxes. It boils down to those foods that are zapping them or the lack thereof. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah that's a great, uh, a great way to, to formulate that as well, John. You know, guys, the other thing, too, I think that – and especially, you know, Sue, you pointed out for juniors is even more critical because their their bodies are, are revved up engines anyways. Obviously, as we get a little bit older, our metabolism changes a little bit, and we don't necessarily need to have quite as much uh, energy intake, um, you know, as, as uh, the young guys do and the young ladies because their their bodies are, are constantly, you know, like a, a – a, a, performance car, if you will, in a lot of cases, they're just rev, 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 rev. So they need that, that fuel intake. And that raises a really interesting point uh, as well uh, on the fitness side of things. Um, and, and I'm not talking about working out or, or that sort of thing. I'm talking about, uh, and, and Sue, I'm going to come back to you with this, um, is the, the sort of the pre-round warm-up. And I don't mean, uh, we're not going to talk about the golf shots yet, but um, let's talk about um, when we arrive at the golf course how much time should we dedicate to sort of a pre-round warm-up? Because this is something that a lot of people miss the boat on as well. Yeah, I tell my players that a minimum is minimum is 30 to 45 minutes. And because of what usually happens is people run run to the driving range and think their golf swing is going to warm up their body, and it needs to be the other way right. around. They need to warm their body up to warm up their golf swing. And you know, what's, a, you know, television in regards to on the tour, like PGA and LPGA, it's kind of does as a disservice because what we see is players, what do we see? We see them doing the same thing. They go to the tee, but we don't right. see them two hours before or an hour before. And I think that, you know, as like a lot of tour professionals, they don't like to give away their secrets in regards to what they're doing with their bodies or, you know, training. Um, but I, like I said, um, go back to my point is 30 to 45 minutes is a minimum um, to warm the body up. And, you know, I teach my players a 10 to 15 minute warm up because a lot of people don't want to spend an hour to warm up. A lot of people don't have that time. A lot of people are usually running right. <laughs> from work to, to make their tea time. So if you can make it simple, um, but yet effective, and it's a whole body exercise where, rather than just saying, okay, well, let's go hit some balls. That, that, that formula doesn't work for very long. And if you're, as you know, is if your body's warmed up, you're going to feel better. Your golf swing is going to be in more, much better sequence. And actually the right. player feels better about themselves too. So um, I, I have a, a fun little Facebook live that I did. It's just a five to eight minute full body warm up just to get people, you know, blood pumping a little bit throughout the whole body. So 
um, I think it's it's imperative that they warm the body and mind up before they get out there on that first tee. Yeah, and that's um, that's a great point as well. Thank you for that, Sue. You know, I, I was watching something recently uh, on the Golf Channel, and they were talking about Tiger Woods as an example. And, you know, he gets up at a, a, some ungodly hour in the morning and <laughs> prepares for a round. I mean, it, it's literally yeah. – I, I forget now what it was. It's like 2 or 3 in the morning. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still deep in sleep at that point. And, you know, John, he's up there and he's – you know, doing his, uh, a couple of hour workout and then he's, you know, getting something, some good nutrition to eat and so on and so forth. And he hasn't even gotten to the golf course yet. And then, you know, he's then going there and probably going to spend a good hour or so on the range, warming up and that. Um, and obviously our amateurs don't have that luxury of doing that. Um, but once they've done a suit suggestion, they've kind of gotten their body in a good place and they're ready. Let's talk about, let's move to the actual range uh, and, and I want you to sort of prioritize the range time, if you will, uh, before you're about to play your rent. Uh, let's break that down a little bit. And then I've got a specific question on that same topic that I want to ask both of you. So uh, what you're talking about, Ted, is routine. And, and we talk a lot about pre-shot routine. What you're talking about with Tiger is a routine. And what is what is that daily routine and how does golf fit into it? I think if you're looking to play better golf, and, and I'm going to draw a line here. There are certain people that are listening that they're they're hobbyists and and they want to play better, and they're searching for that magic dust. If you have, it is called routine. Uh, think about the routine that you do every day: getting up, the amount of sleep you get, what you do as soon as you hop out of bed to the moment you hop back into bed. There are certain trends and patterns that you do. So what you described with Tiger in particular is the routine as to how he fits golf in. And if he's got that early round, that first off kind of thing on Thursday or Friday, then he's adjusting his routine, which means it adjusts ahead of time, not delayed. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll give you a great example. My routine during the season, because I'm getting up much earlier, is I'll go to bed earlier. It starts the day before. When it comes to the range, the real thing I would give that hobbyist is make sure that there is a very smooth and uninhibited transition from your warm-up routine to the golf course, and it's different for everybody. Uh, Again, with my amateur a couple weeks ago, we were talking about that 20 years ago. He could hang out and talk and relax and enjoy the company of the other players he can't do that anymore he found himself bored recently at a tournament and so much bored that he lost his focus the first couple of holes so he's literally had to adjust his competitive routine that way where he's coming right off the range onto the golf course and there's very little room for error a really good example if you've ever seen Matt Kuchar Matt Kuchar is historically known to show up for his tee time with 30 seconds left on the clock because he's that kind of person. He's a little bit ADD. He gets a little distracted. He plans it all out so he has the fewest distractions possible from the range to the first tee. He gets to the tee, and he's ready to go. There's other people like Ali Trevino. They are a constant distraction, and their routine includes distraction. So you, you have to understand your makeup 
to be able to plan how you use your time on the range effectively. We've talked in the past about, okay, 10 minutes for this and 15 minutes for that. You you can come up with that. Everybody's a little bit different. But the, I think the different thing that I'm going to talk about with this this evening, the different way I'm going to answer this question is literally think of routine as a holistic thing throughout the day and how does golf fit in and how do the different components of golf fit in? As Sue said, hey, get there at least 30, 40 minutes ahead of time. Some people require an hour. Some people require 20 minutes. Everybody's a little bit different. But make sure you're utilizing the time so when you're on that first tee, it's a smooth transition from warm-up to play. Yeah, a, a great, uh, great analogy, John. You know, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, and you're exactly right. We've talked about this in the past about, you know, sort of assigning a, a time frame of how much time should be spent on the short game and, 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 and other areas of the game as well. And that's okay as a baseline to work with um, and then make adjustments again, based on the individual player, but you're exactly right. You know, one size doesn't fit all. And for some people, you know, they might need to get to the golf course a little bit early. They might need more time uh, in order to prepare and others, uh, you know, may not need uh, or require quite as much. So you're exactly right. We can't sort of throw everybody in the same box. Um, but I want to ask this question, and it, it again goes to uh, really time management, if you will, and, and practice, because um, this is an area or two areas really that a lot of people uh, fall into one category or the other. And Sue, I'm going to start with you, and then John, I want you to jump in as well. Um, how much is too much and not enough to see noticeable results? And what I mean by that is, you get some people that will go to the range and they will, you know, beat balls for, for two hours. And yet they're not really getting any noticeable results. And then you have the flip side of the person that goes there and, you know, as John said, you know, gets in there a few, uh, you know, a few minutes before they're about to play and hits a few balls um, and they're not getting it. So is there such a thing? Is there too much practice? And is there not enough practice to see the results? And how do you decide what's right for you? Well, I think you have to practice with a purpose. Um, and, you know, we teach players because, as we all know, that, it's, again, what's the purpose of hitting golf balls for two hours? You know, if, if right. I buy a student that came to me and said, well, I'm hitting golf balls for two hours a day. And I said, well, what's your purpose? And they really don't have an answer. They're just like, well, I'm just trying to get it straight, for example. Um, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, you really have to assess, assess the player and find out what their purpose is because, that, like John said, not everybody fits in the same mold um, in regards to what works best for them. I think that, too, is, you know, practice is not perfect, um, just like the golf game is not perfect. Um, but I think in regards to practice, I really think that you have to explain to students and clients is that let's have a purposeful practice. What are you, what are you trying to do? Uh, is practice trying to work on certain mechanics? Um, are, we, are we working on a driver? Are we working on iron swing? You know, let's, let's again, go back to our purpose and focus. Um, if it's a pre-warm-up to go play, uh, I teach my players is like, okay, then our, our transition from mechanics to play should still be on range, which means we're going to go ahead and warm the body up, and then we'll go ahead and warm the swing up, but then we're going to train our body um, 
to work on our pre-shot routines, just like as if we can transition that into into the first tee, so that they're not just walking over their cold, and I don't mean cold by warm-up, but I mean by cold mentally, getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. So even if it's um, the last part of their practice, if, for example, if they're going to go play the round of golf, the last part of their practice on the range is all about the routine. If it's the routine of whether or not they're going to hit a wedge 10 yards, or if they're going to hit a wedge 20 yards, or if they're going to hit a first tee shot up with their tee bot or with their driver. Um, we work on pre-shot routine. So that I like to tell my players, what's the first shot you're going to take when you get to that first tee? Is it a par three or is it, is it a driver? Um, that's what you should be walking over to, meaning the last shot that you should just been performed or feel comfortable with was going to be your next first shot on the first tee. So that you're prepared and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got this. And you're mentally in a different state than – okay, maybe I've just been hitting putts for the last 15 minutes and now I have to run over to the first tee and hit a driver. Your body's not uh, prepared for that and emotionally you're not prepared for that. So just training the, um, teaching the players how to practice and what that's all about and again, always have a purpose to it. And like John says, there's a transition um, from, from practice to play. But I like to teach my players on the range. I want you to, I want you to play on the range too meaning work on your pre-shot mm-hmm. routines, work on your post-shot routines um, so that you can mentally prepare for that first tee in, in a round of golf. Yeah, well said, Sue. Um, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, Cindy Miller and I, of course, LPJ professional Cindy Miller and I co-host the Women of Golf show uh, Tuesday mornings. And, you know, over the last several years, we've had the pleasure of, of speaking with a lot of the young guns, if you will, on the Symmetra Tour, of course, making their way to the LPGA. And John, you know, what's interesting, what what Sue just talked about is exactly what a lot of them do. Um, You know, we'll quite often we'll throw the question there, you know, what advice would you give to some of the amateurs listening to the program? And they will, you know, almost verbatim uh, mention what Sue just did, and, and that is really focusing on the shots that they're going to use out in the golf course. And you know, one of the things, again, going back to, to the question that I want to ask you is, um, I want to phrase it a little bit differently. You know, we, we often see a lot of our, our amateur players, particularly uh, in our high handicappers, that spend an exorbitant amount of time uh, on the range, uh, as Sue put, without really a purpose. And when you're dealing with some of your students, what do you try to get them to think about before they get into a practice session, um, what are what are some of the discussion that you're having with them? And then conversely, if you see a player that's really not, not necessarily that they're not putting effort into it, but they're not really focusing on the right areas, uh, again, what's the discussion you're going to have with them? To expand off the word purposeful, there's got to be some discipline to that purpose. And that's typically what I'm asking my players to do. Uh, what is the purpose of today and what's going to be the discipline that you're going to use to go about achieving that purpose? Uh, uh, on the way home, I was on the, on a phone call with a, with a longtime client who's about to go to college, uh, hasn't played in a collegiate event in a little while. He's taking some time off and he was talking to me about how off his game was today. And I asked him, well, how disciplined has your practice been? Uh, he admitted to me that 
uh, it wasn't necessarily a lot of practice. He felt it was purposeful, but I asked him again, what about the dedication and the discipline to a certain thing within the practice that is going to have you regain what you feel you've lost? And by the way, if you're disciplined, you should be able to know what you lost. You, you shouldn't be calling up asking me what you lost. We're about a thousand miles away right now. So without seeing him live hitting a shot, it's hard for me to say what he is or isn't to him. When there's discipline in what you do, you will know immediately when something is missing. Uh, it's uh, the, the same routine and discipline that you go about everyday life. Where did I put my keys? Uh, what did I do with these certain things? And, and, and what do I do at this time of day? There's a discipline to that, and discipline is not a bad word, your mom or dad spanking you for doing something wrong. What it's about is doing the same thing in the same manner because it works, and that's the first thing I try to have my players understand. If it works, why are you not staying disciplined to what works? And once they buy into that, it becomes a much, much easier process. It becomes a much easier process to say, okay, statistically, here's where we need to work today, and here's what we're going to work on, and here's how we're going to do it. And there's not necessarily buy-in. I don't like that term. They're, what it's more about is they understand it and they take ownership because the facts are there. And discipline allows for facts to be more easily seen versus doubted. Uh, when when you've got a little bit of discipline to you, it's a lot easier to expand on one other thing that Sue said. Practice makes permanent, and that's what people forget. So if you practiced undisciplined, how are you going to go play golf undisciplined? Right, right, well said. Um, you know, it's interesting, guys, because a lot of times when we talk to um, you know, whether it be students that we're working with or just players in general. Sometimes when I've, you know, gone to a course, um, didn't necessarily have a, a tee time uh, set up or I'm not playing with a specific uh, group, and I'll just sometimes join in with another group. And, you know, a lot of times I'll just, you know, sort of play dumb. I don't tell them who I am or what I do and that, and I'll, we'll just sort of have a, f a fun game. And, you know, I I'll watch how they handle themselves on the golf course. You know, how they, you know, do they have a, a consistent pre-shot routine, you know, uh, are relatively consistent. And obviously we don't expect the amateurs to be uh, exactly like the pros. But if, if that's something that uh, you could ever copy from watching the pros, that would be a good thing to do is to see how they organize themselves, um, you know, before each and every shot. And, uh, and when they get a little bit, you know, disjointed or something distracts them enough that they get out of that routine, they very quickly, at least the, the best players do, uh, will reorganize their thoughts and get into that routine once again and make sure that they're, uh, you know, ready to, to execute the shot. So they don't just, you know, say, well, I missed my moment and I'm going to hit the ball. They actually reorganize and handle it again. Um, Sue, another area, too, that uh, I want to talk about is, is really handling, uh, well, it's twofold, handling disappointment uh, is, is first and foremost. We're all going to be disappointed sometimes in a round that we've played. Uh, we're not going to, uh, you know, we didn't play our best. Um, and, and obviously I feel it's a good idea as a, as a, uh, an amateur golfer that you sort of unpack the round, if you will, 
in order to find some of those uh, key areas that are going to help you the next time, that are going to benefit you the next time you play. So let's talk a little bit about that. When you're working with the player and you know, you've asked them, maybe they played last weekend and you talk about that round and it just didn't go the way that they had hoped it goes, what are some things, and let's have a bit of a dialogue, if you will, as to what you're going to say to them and how they can use that round to help in the next round? Yeah, I think um, the first thing that I ask them, I always like to ask them, well, I give all my players, the competitive players, um, a journal, and they're required to fill it out um, immediately after the round because most amateurs, uh, I should say hobbyists (laughs) versus amateur players, um, what do they usually do? The first thing they do is they go to the 19th hole and they usually focus on what they did not do well. Right. And I teach my players to do a little bit of reverse psychology. I like to teach them, okay, in that journal, the first thing you're going to write down is what did you do well? And revamp and, and go back and review the round, the things that you did well, because I want them to anchor that versus um, the negative part of the golf round, if you may. So um, I think that's the difference um, in regards to teaching players how to respond and how to react to something. Uh, yeah. Did you go get a bat? Okay. And I'm in regards to they, yeah, they fill out the journal, and that's the first thing that they're looking at. They're looking at okay, what did I do well? Maybe it was I putted well, or I hit the ball. I where we are. I hit a lot of things, regulations. So I teach my players reverse psychology. That I like them thinking about the positive. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, you know, I didn't, let's say they didn't cut very well that day, but maybe I need to focus on that. Well, let's look at that a little bit differently. Like, okay, so did you maybe didn't have a feeling of reading of the greens, or, you know, maybe your speed was off, something like that. But in regards to looking at the negativity, it's, it's how they respond to it. And I think you really, as a coach, you really have to help them respond to it positively but then may help them make a plan for that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Uh, and I agree wholeheartedly uh, you know, with you, Sue. I think that this is something that um, a, a lot of amateur golfers out there really need to think about because you're, you're exactly right. More often than not, what they do is uh, after their round – you know, they're thinking about the, you know, the, the, the greens that they three putted or they're thinking about when they hit it into the woods or into the, you know, uh, skipped it into the pond or what have you. They're not focusing on the good components of their round and then building off of that. So already it goes to, I know what you talk about in your book, and, and that is what we say to ourselves. Um, you know, if, you, if you've <laughs> constantly got negative thoughts and, and negative speak, um, then that's what's going to come to fruition, you know, at, at later on down the road. So, you know, the better players, if you um, watch them, uh, certainly their rounds are much different than, than you know, yours and mine and, and most of the amateurs out there. But even they unpack things a little bit differently, John. You know, they're looking and focusing on um, really what went well in their round. They're certainly going to deal with whatever didn't go uh, well in a, in a practice session, maybe after the round. But they're focusing on the positive. In fact, you listen to them. Um, doing, you know, post-round interviews, you very, very rarely uh, hear them going, well, you know, geez, I missed 18, you know, fairways, or I didn't do this right, or I didn't do that right. They're they're very seldom ever talking negatively about the round. 
they're talking about uh, really that they hit the ball well and you know they need to fine tune their putting or what have you. Um, so it goes very well with what Sue did. So just talk a little bit about that as well, John, on your side on, on again, some of the conversations that you might have with some of your students. Uh, I definitely point out those interviews that you just spoke about and how the really good players deflect the questions from the reporter who just definitely has to draw something negative out of the player. Uh, I can count on my hand, uh, on both hands, how many times that's happened. But when it does happen, that player typically goes into the next round with those thoughts somehow. Uh, They gave in. They cracked. Uh, They they didn't stay strong to themselves. It's called mental toughness. So uh, when it comes to evaluating, I actually call it inventorying the round. Definitely some strengths. I asked them about specific shots that stand out. Uh, what, What were some of the things that you're most proud of? Going back to a phrase that I use with my son, making himself proud every day, just doing something a little different that, that will allow him to feel proud about what he, who he is and what he's about. Um, I also just say, hey, how does that transition into the next round? How, how does that all set you up for the success you'll have tomorrow? And, and what are some of the things you're thinking about? It's my job as coach to deflect the negative. At that point, as soon as I get negative, I'm, I'm literally going back to what they gave me as positives and having them redirect their thoughts that way. It takes a while. Uh, golf is a very negative game when you look at what the consequences are the majority of the time. So sometimes you got to peel the onion back multiple layers to find that little gold nugget that you can harvest, set in the ground, and maybe it grows. Gold does grow, but you've got to nurture it mm-hmm. correctly. And it's all about just reinforcing the smaller things, maybe something they forgot about. And what's cool about that, from a coaching standpoint of view, when those eyebrows go up and they remember that small little thing that happens, that could be the catapult into the positive for the next round. It could be the thing that totally wipes out the second-place finishes as Nicholas so fondly forgets. Um, the yeah. yeah, it's it's just simple things like that that can make a big difference. The simpler, the better. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, something else I want to touch on a little bit, and and I know there's always a, you know there's always a variable, if you will, in, in anything. Um, but Sue, let's talk about equipment a little bit. This is something that a lot of amateurs again struggle with, and 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 again we want to keep in mind that that there's budgetary issues and, and things that could be involved, but um, I don't know how many times I've, I've shown up to, to the course and I've seen even some of my close friends who I've cautioned, I don't know how many times over the years, uh, about doing things like regripping, you know, having their clubs regripped on, on, you know, at least annually. I mean, obviously it depends on the number of rounds they're going to play. Uh, and also some people that play with, uh, you know, that, that uh, clubs that, that maybe you know, been around for, you know, a few generations, uh, it might be time for, it might be a time for an update. I mean, uh, you know, just because you're, you're playing with a, a Varden grip doesn't mean you have to play with his clubs. Um, so let's talk about, 
that, that that's an area that I think a lot of amateurs miss the boat on as well is is um, you know things like regripping and um, and 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 maybe updating their their uh, equipment uh, periodically. Yeah, I think that you know again it depends on the player and how often they're going to play. However, I really believe in you know educating players about the mindset that they deserve to have good equipment, and it doesn't have to be the thousand dollar driver but it needs to be beneficial to them because as we all talk about the game isn't always isn't always um what do I want to say it well the game is hard at times <laughs> and you know right. having 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 equipment that doesn't fit them and that's just you know uh, like we talk about the a lot of times the US kids are a lot of the juniors of clubs are too heavy or too long you know their the golf swing isn't their body isn't be isn't going to be able to sequence the motion that we were that we're even trying to train them to do. So I just say I talk especially with the women in my groups. Uh, that's the first thing we talk about in groups is that is that you deserve to have good equipment and it doesn't have to be the most expensive, but it does need to benefit you. It wouldn't be any different than if you were and I used like to use analogies like if you were a skier and you were going down um, a black diamond and you're pl- and you are trying to ski with 1950s ski equipment, you're not going to do very well. <laughs> and you're not right. going to have any fun. Right. And, and, and the goal <laughs> is just to have fun. For, for most players, is I want to have a good time when I'm out there. So, um, again, it's just educating them as why why should we have good equipment, um, you know, in that sense. And I think people get all wrapped up in saying, well, I have to have 14 clubs. And most people don't have to have 14 clubs. You could have, you know, four or five. Right. I think four to six clubs that fit you um, that won't cost you, you know, the high ends of 14 clubs. Um, and I think it's really important that it's just you need to teach and educate the players that, you know, it is important to have good equipment in the sense that it benefits you and it makes the game a little bit easier. And it's a variable that you can completely eliminate, meaning if the, if your equipment fits you, and something's not going on, going right in your game, then we can eliminate. Well, okay, it's not the equipment. We know it's the, you know, it's the Indian, not the arrow. <laughs> right, right, right. Well said. And, and John, I just to, to add on that a little bit. You know, there's other uh, things that we're going to look at as well. I mean, you know, we want to look at the the grooves on on uh, your irons. I mean, that's something too that, uh, you know, over time they they wear out and and uh, lose their edge, if you will. And uh, sometimes it's, it's time to make a change. And, you know, obviously if you, you know, you're playing once in a blue moon, that's something that maybe you're not going to consider doing. But if you want to play or you are playing with some sort of regularity, those are things that need to be addressed as well. And and uh, maybe you can just touch on that a little bit because people don't realize that when you're, especially your wedges, you know, you're using them quite a bit in a round uh, and they start to, to show some age, um, you know, that's going to hamper your, your ability on the golf course. You're, you're right. Uh, I recently wrote a post, or uh, there will be a post on my website in conjunction with FlightScope about uh, a wet ball and wet grooves and how much that affects spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. In particular, with your scoring irons, those grooves become even more important. And the more worn out they are, the the less control you have over the shots. Uh, the best example I can give you 
is Bryson DeChambeau. Apparently, this is a story that was told to me by the FlightScope people, was he was very concerned about a particular wedge. He had had it in his bag about six weeks only. But he had hit a lot of balls mm. with it, uh, not because of an extraordinary extra amount of practice so much as it was the courses he was playing and how often he was seeing right. that particular wedge. And they get a micrometer out, and sure enough, there was an indentation in there that no one could see. And he was hitting the ball that accurately that at that concaveness to the, the, the face – was affecting his spin rate. Well, they knew that based off the radar data, but they couldn't figure it out because the grooves looked perfect. They weren't. Right. That's the most extreme. Uh, from an amateur standpoint of view, you've got to look at your wedges at least once a year simply because wedge technology is probably advancing more so than anything else right now as far as what, how grooves are being made, how they're being manufactured within legal limits, what are they doing with uh, grinds of the sole, what are they doing with bounce mm-hmm. angles and how those grinds interact, and then what are they doing with wedge shaft technology that, that's still an ongoing process. You're going to be very surprised how a wedge for me may not fit a student. Uh, in my bag, I've got three or four 56-degree sand wedges for people to try, or even better, a gap wedge during the height of golf school vacation season. That's what wedge people most often forget about putting in their bag. But there's several different grinds. There's several different configurations because not one's going to fit everybody. The loft may be as far right. as gapping goes, but you're going to be very surprised how grooves – grinds, everything else affects what the ball does, the trajectories, the spin levels. So, yeah, that's something you got to look at. The more often you're practicing with wedges, the more often you've got to consider replacing wedges. Don't regroove them. Regrooving them is only a temporary thing, and you're taking metal yep. off, of the, off of the club. It changes the playability of the club from a weight standpoint of view. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, as I said, for, for uh, some of our golfers that don't play very often, um, it may not be as big of an issue. But for somebody that you know is playing with with any sort of regularity, whether it's weekly or or maybe multiple times a week, you know, you've got to check your equipment. And uh, because, and that's not to say that you know all of the other things we talked about earlier uh, don't apply. You know, you can't blame your equipment; it's not everything, but it is an integral part of your golf game. So you've got to check everything. You've got to check your what's going on between uh, your ears and make sure that you're, you're in the right zone, that area. Uh, you want to make sure your, your, your golf fitness is, is solid as well. And you want to make sure you're feeding and fueling your body correctly um, as well. Uh, you know, pre round, post round and, uh, and every other time as well. But um, great discussion tonight, guys. I appreciate it very much. Uh, very interesting. And uh, I love uh, a lot of the perspectives that you guys brought to uh, the panel discussion tonight. And uh, as always, I'm going to give you just a moment or two to uh, let the folks know if they want to reach out uh, and uh, and uh, how they can go about doing that. Uh, Sue, I'll go with you first. Yeah, thanks, Ted. I appreciate it. Um, you can reach me at suewegergolfacademy.com um, or Sue, I should say suewegergolf.com. Uh, I'm in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, you can re- you can see, um, 
find my number one international best-selling book on Amazon. It's called Golf, The Last Six Inches, How to Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. And that there there is an ACE Performance Companion Journal with that as well. So uh, I do private coaching on the mental side with that as well. But um, thanks again, Ted and John. It was great to um, hear from you again and uh, look forward to our, our next show. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Sue. And, and definitely for those of you that don't have a copy of Sue's book, uh, go to Amazon.com. And again, it's uh, Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. It's well worth it. I've read it twice now. Uh, it's a great book, Sue. Uh, John, go ahead. Let the folks know how they can reach you. Sue, Sue, great to be speaking with you again, too. Look forward to being on the show with you in the future. Ted, thank you, as always, for the opportunity to apologize about the tardiness, but uh, someone needed the attention, unfortunately, <laughs> and it, it ran into everybody else's here. You can reach me at John Hughes Golf. It's very simple, whether it's my website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's johnhughesgolf.com. I'm in or- the Orlando area, starting to gear <clears throat> up for the upcoming 1920 <clears throat> season. Uh, definitely ch- check out my blog and Facebook pages. Uh, always updating those constantly with some thoughts for you to think about on a weekly basis. And I'm back into a regular groove of posting with some really interesting thoughts coming forward in the next few months. Perfect. As always, uh, guys, uh, Sue and John, thank you very much for always bringing your best to the panel discussions. And I look forward as well to the next time that you guys will be on the Coach's Corner panel. So have a great weekend, guys, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Thanks Ted. Have a good one. All right. All right. That was my very special guest panelists here on the Coach's Corner panel, um, Sue Weger and John Hughes. Uh, always uh, look forward to uh, having them bring their best. Um, before I introduce uh, tonight's uh, special guest, uh, I want to just very quickly remind everybody again uh, to go and visit uh, golfswing.com after the show. Uh, and uh, join their subscription uh, website. Uh, they have a great online video uh, teaching platform uh, for those of you who want to elevate your game. And at checkout, if you enter in promo code GOLFTALKLIVE, you'll receive 50% off the subscription price. So here's a little bit more about GolfSwing.com. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? GolfSwing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, GolfSwing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, GolfSwing.com's staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better, scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at GolfSwing.com. All right, and again, go to golfswing.com after the show and enter promo code GOLFTALKLIVE at checkout when you join their uh, subscription uh, platform and get 50% off the subscription price. It's a great deal and a lot of great, literally thousands of great videos on there from some of the best uh, teaching pros in the business, so you definitely want to check them out. All right, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm very excited to have uh, my guest on tonight. Uh, She actually joined... Uh, Cindy and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, on the Women of Golf show, which airs Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, and uh, her name is Robbie Raw, and uh, she's uh, going to tell you a little bit about her and uh, and part of the reason why I brought her back. 
Uh, Robbie Ra is an RN and an integrative uh, nutritionalist and motivational health and fitness speaker. Uh, she's also a radio host of The Raw Truth, uh, which is uh, on ESPN and WDCX radio, uh, as well as a Catalyst uh, fitness instructor. Uh, she's been uh, teaching for 35 plus years uh, uh, in the uh, health and nutrition and fitness uh, classes and running her uh, wellness pra uh, private practice excuse me, on a daily basis. Uh, as I mentioned, she hosts her own radio show on faith, family, food, and fitness, The Raw Truth on WDCX Radio and ESPN 1520 Radio. Uh, she's also a co-host of the Carrie and Robbie Show on WDCX Radio, uh, which streams all uh, live uh, worldwide. Uh, she's also seen regularly on ABC TV uh, with her health and nutrition uh, segments and has been featured on ESPN TV as well. Uh, Robbie is also uh, the featured instructor of four raw energy fitness uh, exercise videos and the kinetic workout exercise video. Uh, she is a dedicated wife and mother who loves the Lord and is passionate about helping others take care of their temporary earth suit. And her book, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk really uh, much about this on the Women of Golf show a few weeks ago, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her back and give her uh, some ample time. But the book is uh, essentially the essential guide to faith, family, uh, food, and fitness. It's called The Raw Truth uh, Recharge, uh, Seven Truths for Total Health and Fitness, uh, of course, uh, put uh, together by Robbie. And uh, it's a very, very interesting book. I just uh, got a copy here recently, so I haven't had a chance to read it all, uh, but I've already been digging in. And when she comes on here in just a, a moment or two, uh, we will uh, talk about that and uh, just sort of catch everybody up on this show, uh, some of the, her background and, and things like that as well. But uh, uh, very excited to have her uh, come back onto this show uh, on our Thursday evening Golf Talk Live. And um, got some great guests coming up in the next few weeks as well. I'm already booked uh, all through the rest of August and a good part of September. So got a, a date or two in September and already getting uh, plans and working towards uh, October as well. So uh, moving along, if you will, as we go through uh, mid-season, uh, for some of you in the Northeast, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, summer, if you will, is, is already uh, starting to, to come to a close for, for some of you up there. We're going to be uh, coming into a nice fall uh, for, the, for those of you up in the Northeast and Northwest. Um, so you have a little bit cooler climate, a little bit of reprieve some, from some of the hot, steamy weather. Uh, nothing like what we have down here in Florida, of course, but uh, nevertheless, it can get pretty hot up in, in some of the uh, areas in the Northeast. Um, but um, so a lot of great golf left to play for those of you that uh, are doing that. And one of the interesting things I want to point out as well about my guest tonight is uh, she's not uh, in the golf profession. She's not a golf instructor and really hasn't been playing uh, golf all that long. She took it up relatively late uh, in life and uh, really has, has uh, taken a hold on her, if you will, and, and just something that she's really uh, enjoying doing. And of course, she's been working with none other than uh, LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and, and she's helping her with uh, her game, so uh, she's working with certainly one of the best in the industry. Um, so, as I said, she'll be joining me here in just a moment, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about her book, uh, again, The Raw Truth Recharge, Seven Truths for Total Health and Fitness. We'll find out uh, a little bit about what's in the book uh, and where you can get your hot little hands on uh, as we progress through uh, the show. But um, as I said, she'll be just coming on here in just a moment. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, at the end of the show, uh, make sure you listen to the uh, outro uh, as well as I give you some great ways, in addition to this way uh, on the main network, blogtalkradio.com, some other ways that you can tune in, like iTunes 
uh, Spotify and Stitcher and some other great uh, networks as well. Uh, so maybe you've got a favorite platform that you'd like to listen to uh, these types of shows on. Uh, it'll give you a list of, of some of the shows that you can find or some of the networks, platforms, if you will, uh, that you can find Golf Talk Live. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, and uh, and uh, make sure that you follow the show while you're there so you get some updates and, and when new uh, episodes are, are available. Uh, you'll get them right into your uh, your email inbox, if you will, or onto your uh, iPhone or smartphone. So make sure you check that out as well. And uh, as I mentioned, we've got some great guests coming up, uh, some new guests uh, coming up that have never been on the show before in the next uh, few weeks, and some favorites uh, coming back as well. Um, if you're somebody in the golf profession, maybe you're uh, somebody in uh, the teaching side, uh, you might be a player, uh, what have you, uh, by all means, reach out to me. My email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. If you're somebody that's maybe interested in coming on the show, uh, I would love to have you as a guest. So uh, feel free to reach out to me and uh, we'll set that up uh, in the next uh, few months. Uh, anyways, I see my guest is ready. So uh, I've already introduced her and uh, I'll set all the wonderful things about her. So let me bring on my very special guest this evening, Robbie Raw. Good evening, Robbie, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Well, hi, Ted. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you for uh, coming back again, if you will, on uh, on this show. Um, as I was telling the, the audience uh, a few moments ago, you joined Cindy and I uh, a few weeks ago on the Women of Golf Show, which is our Tuesday morning show, and uh, we really didn't get a chance to talk a lot uh, about some of the things that I know you want to talk about that's in your book. And I've been plugging your book while I was waiting for you to come on board. So, um, but first, before we do that, um, let's just sort of give a very brief recap of some of the things that we talked about um, a few weeks ago on our morning show, and and then we'll get right into the book. So, um, as I mentioned, everybody, you're uh, in addition to being a nurse, uh, you're a nutritionalist, a talk show host, speaker, author. Uh, you've been in the health and fitness industry for. Uh, you know, nearly 40 years. Um, so you got a lot of mm-hmm. lot of eggs in the, in the pan, if you will. So how did all that sort of come about? What what drove you to go into that uh, those areas? Well, that's a good question because back in the day, my mom said, you know, do you want to be a teacher or a nurse? Those were about the same, the only two choices back then. But I said, right, well, right. I guess. I'll- I, I said, I guess I'll be a nurse because I, I like health and I love learning about the body and stuff like that. So I went into nursing and I nursed, uh, did nursing in the hospitals and at doctor's offices for almost 20 years. But during that time, I was very frustrated. I felt like I was in sick care rather than health care. Um, right. You know, people were coming in with ailments and disease and cancers and this and that. And really, I felt like, what would it take to keep these people out of the hospital? Like, I wanted to be on the other end of nursing called preventative nursing is what I call it. And so I started working at a gym at the same time that I was a nurse and started teaching classes. I got certified and all that stuff. And, um, and then I started climbing my way up the ladder, uh, up the corporate ladder at the gym, which at the time was Bally Total Fitness. But it really impacted me on how much I could really change, help change people's health uh, by their dietary habits and, and by exercise. You know, people with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, 
uh, inflammatory disease, all kinds of things, including mental illnesses, um, mental troubles, because I was a psychiatric nurse as well. It was one of my specialties. And so really so much of the diseases and conditions and, and mental problems that we face today are based, you know, from our poor lifestyle decisions or dietary habits. Um, You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, people who are depressed aren't clinically depressed. We do have that too. We have chemical imbalances and things like that, but our gut, our microbiome has so much to do with our brain now. And we're finding out more and more about that today. So, um, it just made sense. I wanted to be in preventative nursing, and that's really how it started. And I got further and further away from the shore from nursing uh, into, you know, doing what I'm doing today, which is a nutritionist. Um, you know, I teach fitness classes, kickboxing, things like that. I've been doing that for several, several decades and also uh, running my own practice and the talk show and the TV and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've been on, and, and we we talked about that. Yeah, a few weeks ago. You know, you're you've done numerous uh, television appearances, and and talked about and and shown a lot of what it is that you know you're talking about here. And you know, one of the things that that's I found very interesting, and you know, I've wanted to have somebody like you on my show because, um, you know, we were talking about in the earlier segment before you came on. Uh, I, I as I mentioned to you before, I, you know, I do a panel discussion, so I have. Uh, like-minded people like myself and in the same business in the golf profession, uh, uh, teachers and, and coaches and so forth that come on. And we have a panel discussion. We talked about things like nutrition and, and uh, you know, really how it benefits. Now, one thing I want to point out that I didn't mention uh, too much uh, to the audience before you came out, and that was that you recently taken up golf. Uh, this is not something um, as an example for myself, I mean, I, I played golf at a very, very early age. My father, you know, took me out to the driving range and so on and so forth and, um, you know, taught me how to play the game. But you're somebody that, that took it up a little bit later in life. So tell us a little bit about that. What 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 bit you, if you will, uh, or, or guided you to that direction uh, to say, hey, you know what, I want to take up golf. And then tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Um, I know you're working with somebody right now and, and you can uh, – Tell us a little bit about that part of it as well. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, um, part of my story, which we can get into later, is is that my family members had gotten um, sick as well. And so as time went on, I, I felt and I realized how important it is for us to stay active and stay healthy. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 63 right now. And I'm still teaching kickboxing, and I'm still teaching weightlifting, and uh, I'm still, you know, cycling 30 miles, uh, you know, three or four days a week. And so my husband and I now are empty nesters, and we're looking for things to do together. And, you know, although I can still pound the pavement, um, he got into uh, golfing just this past year, and so... I thought, okay, I'll do pretty much anything that's physical, <laughs> you know. Right. Don't ask me to take up <laughs> basket weaving or something like that. I'm not interested in that. But anything physical, right. I am interested in. So um, I started taking lessons just this past year uh, with Cindy, and I just, 
it kind of like made me realize how, why people are so addicted to it because it's mental, it's physical. It says a lot about your mental state, um, you know, how you play the game, I think. And uh, I just fell in love with it. And so I am not one of those people that do something like halfway. It's like all the way or no right. way. So, of course, I want to be good <laughs> at it. And uh, so, yeah, it's just like another way for me to be healthy and be fit. And it, it does, it is a mental game. And I like that about it too. Yeah. What's interesting about that um, and a couple things I want to mention, but what, what's interesting about what you said first and foremost is it, golf is a great way. If, you know, if you're, especially for those of you that are empty, becoming empty nesters and are looking for something to do as a couple, um, you know, the kids have, have moved on and, and uh, they're doing their thing and you're looking for other activities. And sometimes, you know, your case is a little bit different. You know, you're still in, in, in great shape and that and you're able to do some some physical uh, things at a little bit higher level. But some folks aren't out there. And even though golf can be difficult and is not high impact like many other sports, uh, it can certainly uh, require certain energy. Um, but it's a great way for couples to um, do something together um, and spend some great quality time. And yeah, it can get a little frustrating out in the golf course when you're not playing at your best. And that's why you did the right thing by going to somebody like uh, our good friend, LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, um, who mm-hmm. will tell you like it is, but will also, um, knowing the type of personality you are that you like to be challenged is going to put you through her, uh, you know, put you through your paces, if you will. So that was a smart move on, on your part to, uh, to connect with her. And she's, in my opinion, one of the best in the industry. Um, so she'll uh, definitely serve you well. Um, and, and I think a lot of people misunderstand golf too. They don't understand. They just think, well, I'm chasing this little white ball around or, or colored ball these days, I guess. Um, <laughs> but they don't really understand that really the physical part of the game is not as high as what a lot of people think. It's really the mental side as you talk about. And mm-hmm. you've got some great things in your book that – and, and and we're going to talk about that now because I want to sort of transition to that. Um, you talk about the seven truths for total health and fitness. And I want to talk a little bit how they apply or how you're applying them in golf. And the first one really uh, I, I found very, very interesting. Obviously, we're both um, very spiritual people. And I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer, as you do, that uh, golf is not just a mental thing, but it's an emotional um, game as well. And how our emotions uh, sort of play a, a role in how we, you know, do different activities in life, and golf being one of them. So let's go through the seven truths, if you will. And the first one, of course, is faith and a, a belief, if you will, or believe. Talk a little bit about that. Um, what you mean by that, mm-hmm. and how you feel from an emotional standpoint, how that really helps you in your golf game. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, seven, like God plays, you know, the number seven when I was coming up with the chapters for this book on my heart, and I was like, seven, seven. And then it, it, it came to me that like seven is the foundation of God's word, you know, is it means perfection. And I mean, there was seven miracles and seven parables, and it wasn't a coincidence that seven right. was placed on my heart. And then faith being the first one, because as I said, you know, uh, as a psychiatric nurse for many years, um, I realized how important 
not only, you know, what we do, but what we think um, is yes. to our health and what we believe um, is, is so important. And I mean, there's a saying that I don't know, you know, what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. If we are going through life with fear uh, or anxiety or um, depression and things like that, which are, you know, are easy to, to slump into if you aren't careful about what you put in your mind. What you put in your mind is just as important as what you put in your body. And so faith is being sure of what we hope for and so certain of what we do not see. We have to, no matter what it is, whether we're trying to be a good golfer, um, whether more importantly we're trying to be a good spouse or a good uh, parent, we we have to believe that, number one, um, there's something bigger than us, <laughs> if you would, right. that is sovereign. <laughs> um, you know, we, aren't, we are in control. We aren't always 100% in control, and we need to take our hands off the wheel and have faith because things are going to happen in your life. It's not when this, you know, if the storm comes, it's when the storm comes. There are going to be storms in your life that are going to affect not only you as a parent, you as a spouse, you as a friend, and you as a golfer. Uh, it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to, there are going to be things in your life that are going to shake your world a little bit because our world is broken. And so we have right. to cling to something. And for me, it's faith. It's huge. It's the one who created the universe and everything in it, including us, is in control. And, um, you know, I I mentioned that uh, halfway, well, I didn't mention on this show, but when we were talking before that halfway through my career, um, my father got cancer, and then my sister was misdiagnosed for two years with what doctors thought was a black milk duct. Two different doctors said it was a black milk duct. She was misdiagnosed with what she had when they found it was stage four metastatic breast cancer. And really, that is when my world was shaken. That's when my world was rocked. And, you know, I was, my mom kind of instilled faith in us in growing up. And she said, you know, pray about everything. Um, I'm so grateful that she planted that seed because I honestly don't know how people can make it through the day unless they do have some kind of faith. And so how it affects your golf? Well, your mindset is going to affect your golf game. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, what what we put in our mind is going to affect it. And so if you can have that foundation of faith that everything is going to be okay, but you've got to trust God. It will help you not only in your golf game, but get through your life. Well said, um, Robbie. And, and I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is, as, as I was uh, sort of alluding to earlier is golf is not just a physical game. It's a mental game. And if you mm-hmm. are constantly in an emotional turmoil, that uh, you know, and I'll give you some examples just to, so that people can kind of unpack this a little bit easier. You know, if you're at home and, and let's say you're married and uh, there's strife in the home, whether it be with your spouse or with your children, and then you're going out to the golf course with your weekly foursome, and you're bringing all of that baggage. And I, you know, seeing I laugh about this on the show a couple times. You know, I said it's like going to the airport and you're pulling about four or five bags, and they get heavy <laughs> after a while. 
and you're trying mm-hmm. to navigate through the terminal and you're trying to get there and you got one slung over your shoulder and you're pulling two more you know in each hand and you're trying to make your flight if you're going with that sort of emotional baggage um then you're 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 going to have a lot of turmoil and this is what happens with a lot of folks going to the golf course they're thinking about their job they're thinking about you know something going on at home that's maybe not quite right uh or whatever the case may be so you know you plug and insert your own uh storm if you will but the idea is that what you put into your mind what what you feed your mind uh negative or positive is what's going to come back out so if you're putting a lot of negative baggage and a lot of negative thoughts coming into your mind throughout your day it's going to come out uh conversely the other way and if you don't have some sort of support system um in this case faith to help navigate mm-hmm. those waters then what happens when you show up to the golf course is you ultimately have uh, a situation where you're not focused on the task at hand. So you're stepping up to the first tee and you're thinking about, you know, an argument that you had 35 minutes ago, or you're thinking about something that you've got to do. You left at the office, you forgot to, you know, pick uh, to bring home and and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So what faith for a lot of people does is, is it allows them to really channel those emotions to something, as you said, uh, that's in a higher power and to bring mm-hmm. a calmness and a peace uh, w- within yourself. And a lot of people might be listening to this and might say, well, wait a minute, you know, you, what are you saying? If I pray to God, this is going to, um, yeah, I am saying that. And the reason why I'm saying mm-hmm. that is because without that faith and that belief system, a lot of people, and we see this in every walk of life today, um, a, a lot of people are, are very disorganized and very unhappy. And, you know, if you think about it, now you add a task on top of that, it's very difficult to navigate those waters. So I like the way that you, you, you know, have sort of attacked, if you will, this um, uh, project with this book, because I think it's something that really a lot of people need to take to heart. And you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you want it to be successful in any part of your life, whether it's on the golf course or otherwise, then you first have to have a faith and a belief system. And, uh, you know, you've, you've laid it out very, very well. And the other thing as well, too, which a lot of people, and it sort of goes hand in hand, is really uh, your family and a love for one another. Because a lot of these things affect, affect your everyday life. And that coincidentally happens to be truth number two in your book. So talk a little bit about that. Yes. And, and just to, just to um, follow up on what you just said, you know, um, you know, God made our, our body and mind one in and we know that when you have a healthy mind, you have a better chance of having a healthy body. And that's why it's the seven right. truths to health and fitness. Um, but your spiritual life, you know, it has to be healthy as well. And there's soul neglect. And and there yeah. can be soul neglect if your family situation is toxic as well. Um, so family being the second truth in my book, family, a support system is so important. And let me just say this, that some people um, maybe don't have that family around them or they don't have that family support system, but your friends can be like family too. The the mm-hmm. family portion of your book, having that support system is paramount to your mental health. You can be eating right and exercising all day long, but if you're living in a toxic relationship, you're going to have it's it's going to manifest itself into physical ailments. Um, it you know it lowers our immune system when we are not 
in a a state of homeostasis, either you know with with our relationships or with our work relationship or whatever it is, we have to, and we're commanded actually. God commands us to love one another. And he doesn't say love one another if they do what you want them to do or if, right. uh, you know, <laughs> you get what you want in the relationship. He, he says, you know, love one another, period, and forgive one another. Because, again, those storms are going to come in your, in your life, and your world's going to be rocked in ways that you never even thought would happen. Um, and it could be within a relationship as well. And so what happens if we don't have that foundation, uh, that foundation with God and really taking care of our, what we put in our mind and what control with what we say, because self-control is a fruit of the spirit. We have to have control in our relationship. So if someone upsets you on the road, do you run them off the road? Or if you're at work, do you punch a hole in the wall because you're upset with your coworker or whatever? Well, it's the same way in your relationship. And really, it's the same way on the golf course. <laughs> you know, you have to control your right. emotions and you're around people. And so you're, the connectiveness with other people, including your family, is, more important, is most important. And we, we have to love God, but love one another no matter what they do, no matter what they say. In fact, we're commanded to forgive, not seven times, but seven times 70 times, uh, seven times, seven times. So it's, it's um, important that we know that we're not perfect. We all fall short. And so we have to give each other grace, whether it is within our family, at work, or on the golf course. And uh, so that's why the family section is, and I learned love from my mom. My mom didn't tell me about love, but she demonstrated what love was. And so the relationship that I had with my mom, uh, I know not everybody has it, but I used to say to my husband, you know, if anything happens to my mother, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to help me because I'm not going to be able to handle it because that's the most important relationship outside of my relationship with God and my relationship with my husband and my kids is in my life. And you know what? I, I gave it, I laid the burden of my mom when she was going through uh, the last days of her life. I, I laid mm-hmm. that at God's feet and at, at Jesus' feet in honest Honestly, God gave me peace that surpasses all understanding when my sister, my father, my mother died. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, you're going to go through things in your life with your family and with your friends that you've got to have that foundation. And so our relationships are really important, but our relationship with God is most important. Yeah, I couldn't agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, just to, uh, for those of you tuning into the show, um, I'm with my special guest, uh, Robbie Raw, of course, the author uh, of The Raw Truth Recharge, uh, Seven Truths for Total Health and Fitness. We're talking about her book, um, uh, but she is also a health nutritionist and uh, fitness practitioner, if you will, as well as a registered nurse and, and uh, a radio host and TV host and 
uh, has all kinds of uh, great accolades uh, uh, associated with her name. And we're talking about the, the seven truths right now. And I just want to share really quickly a story, just a golf related, um, just about what you were just talking about. You know, if uh, for those of you obviously that uh, either play or follow golf, uh, you remember back in around 2010, uh, Tiger Woods, of course, was at the height of his game. And, uh, you know, he obviously had some personal things that happened. And I'm not going to get into it because everybody, I think, knows the story. Um, but, you know, it was really his faith that brought him back to where he is now. And he was sort of out of things for several years. I mean, he was playing at, at uh, such a high level uh, and, and literally at the top of his game. And, you know, suddenly a life storm, if you will, um, really took him out of the game for several years. Now, even though he did try to come back and play, he's had a long struggle, a long journey. On top of that, throw in some physical injuries, some uh, physical ailments that he's had to deal with and struggles. And I know um, just from many things that, that he has spoken over the years since that, um, that his faith has had a lot to do with bringing him back to where he is today. So, you know, here's somebody who's been one of the greatest golfers of all time, right up there with Jack Nicholas, um, and literally, uh, you know, a tragedy or a set of circumstances can take him out, uh, you know, not necessarily permanently, but uh, certainly for a lengthy period of time. So obviously having that strong foundation of faith um, has enabled him to to get back uh, to where he is now, and, and it just sort of reinforces uh, really what you were talking about. Um, I, I want to move on to, to actually the next two uh truth three and then truth four, uh, because it sort of worked hand in hand. Um, mm -hmm. The first one, uh, truth three, is you talk about food, you know, eat food, not uh, food-like things. Um, nutrition, we talked about this a little bit, um, you know, early in, in our Coach's Corner segment uh, about really what we're putting into our body um, and how that's going to help us out in the golf course. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, what you're talking about here, and, and, and again, why it's important that we eat better, uh, not just for our overall um, health and, and fitness, but how it's going to help us out in the golf course by getting proper nutrition. Absolutely. Well, you know, I call it our temporary suit. Like we've got a response. We have a responsibility to take care of what I call our temporary suit. And we, um, we have to fuel and feed our body. And so when you're 20 years old, uh, you can sometimes get away with eating cookie dough all day long and not exercising and not, you know, and look like you exercise. Anyway. Guilty. But as, Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> same here. But as you get older, you realize the importance of fueling your body uh, so that you, you know, not, and, and I'm just going to say this, diets don't work. Okay. So what they do is they drastically you know, lower your metabolism to snail pace and, um, you know, basically put yourself, your, your body into a state where it doesn't know the difference between you standing in your kitchen with cupboards full of food or being stuck in the wilderness without any food. So God just created this body that slows down our metabolism when we skip meals or that we try to diet. So what I'm talking about is for peak health, for peak sustainable health and wellness, we need to eat the foods of the earth that God created that you don't need to read a label on. So you don't need to read a label when you're eating vegetables. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it's, it's not brain surgery, but there's a little bit of a science to it because what you want to do is stabilize your blood sugar throughout the day. So if you're on the golf course, 
for, you know, a couple hours, three, four hours, mm-hmm. you need to stabilize your blood sugar so that your blood sugar is not dropping. You're outside. It might be hot, whatever it is. You need to make sure that you are, number one, staying hydrated, drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water per day out of a glass of stainless steel bottle. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you drink 50 ounces of water per day. And if you're sweating profusely, you drink even more, or if it's a hot day. Um, And then making sure that you have protein and fiber with every meal. So, for instance, uh, breakfast may be eggs and sprouted grain toast. Um, That's going to stabilize your blood sugar. Then for lunch, maybe a salad um, and try and eat eat mostly organic, of course, because you don't want to be taking in pesticides, herbicides, and all of that. Um, Maybe a salad with some organic chicken uh, because you don't want to be injecting hormones and all that stuff or or taking in hormones and antibiotics Um, or salmon, something like that. And then dinner, more vegetables, and then protein again. And I'm a vegetarian. I do eat fish, but you don't have to eat meat. If you choose to eat meat, you shouldn't eat too much meat. And remember um, that meat takes a long time to digest. And here is where a lot of people end up with colon cancers and things like that because the meat, if you've read the China study or watched Forks Over Knives, you'll know that uh, it's the protein in the animal products that's actually linked to to cancer. So you want to limit animal products, but have protein and fiber with every meal and keep your blood sugar stabilized throughout the day. If it's white, you know, and, don't and, bite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, you it's raise a very interesting uh, point, uh, Robbie, and, and and that is, you know, how we fuel our body uh, obviously is is going to uh, prolong our our lives and and you know give us a, a, a much healthier life along the way. Um, but again, you know, as we talked about earlier in the program. Um, you know, there's energy zappers as well. You know, when you're out in the golf course, you know, people get out there. And and I don't want to, again, I want to emphasize to the listeners out there, I don't want to say that, you know, you, you can't enjoy yourself and things like that. But at the same time, if you want to go out and you play your best golf and you're, let's say, you know, going to be out there for four to five hours and you're playing a round of 18 holes. And by the time you hit the turn at number 10 and 11, 12, uh, suddenly you have no energy left and you still got five or six holes left to play. Um, more often than not, it's not necessarily climate related, you know, because it's hot out. Uh, a lot of it's because you haven't fueled your body, um, not only before you started the round, but throughout the round. And and that's important as well, correct? Absolutely. And it's it's the same with, with your mental state too. So your blood sugar affects your mental state. So you can't concentrate if your blood sugar drops. So if you're having donuts for breakfast and then you go out on the golf course, you're not going to be able to concentrate. Physically, your blood sugar is going to drop, so you might feel shaky, you might not be able to concentrate, uh, but you might also feel like you're weak. So, you know, we, we live in a processed food society right now where we eat out of a box or a window and we think we can have a million-dollar health and a million-dollar body, and it just doesn't work that way. As you get older, right. you realize, first of all, that muscle dictates metabolism. Muscle shapes your body, but muscle also, uh, you know, increases your metabolism. So if you're looking for endurance, then you need to eat 
foods that are going to help your muscles, like protein. And you need you you really should do. We can talk about fitness after we stop uh, after we uh, finish the food segment. But what you eat directly affects your mental, um, you know, state and also your physical state as well. And so I say, you know, bio individuality matters. As a nutritionist, I don't try to make everybody a vegetarian um, because right. some people perform better and, and feel better with animal products, and that's fine. Just make sure that you're eating vegetables. Well, people say, I don't like vegetables. Well, you ha- there's so many different ways that you can prepare them, but really right. for peak health and wellness, for peak health and wellness and for sustainability, you need to eat vegetables. <laughs> there's no way around it. <laughs> In couple <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, I, go ahead. Right. No, go ahead. What I was just going to add very quickly is, you know, I always was a big fan of, and I'm not going to lie and say I don't, you know, eat meat, but, you know, I used to, being Italian, of course, a lot of great Italian dishes, and I used to love, you know, chicken parmigiana. And um, mm-hmm. I've recently, in recent years, been introduced to eggplant parmesan. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that you can substitute, which is fantastic, but that's a whole another segment. But um, I want to move yeah. on, if you don't mind. I, I want to move on just uh, just because of time. Um, to mm-hmm. truth number four, and, and this is again sort of piggybacking onto the to the nutritional side, and that's the fitness side. Um, yeah. And again, you know, people think that you know you got to go out and do this you know heavy regimented workout and things like that, and that's not really the case. There's a lot of different ways that you can exercise, yeah. and that too is also going to benefit how well you play out in the golf course. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely, um, you know, our leg strength is directly related to our mortality. So when people don't move, I mean, when you look at the elderly, they they move less and less and less. And what happens is it affects their mortality. So when we don't move our bodies, we increase our chances of heart disease and many other diseases as well. When we move our our bodies, we decrease our chances, including of getting cancer. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I work out like a maniac. I know I have a 50% chance of getting breast cancer because my sister had it. So you don't have to do kickboxing like I'm doing, but walking on the course is strenuous. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're not in shape, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it in your muscles. You're going to not have the energy um, both in your mind again and physically. So you want to be in shape. So, I mean, go for a walk. You need to exercise most days of the week. That's not three days a week. That's most days of the week, five to seven days per week. For adults, really, you should exercise 60 minutes. Even, you know, uh, teenagers should exercise 60 minutes. If you can only do 30 minutes, then do 30 minutes, but do something. And it's it can mm-hmm. be accumulative. So, in other words, if you only have 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes in the evening, that 30 minutes right there, you get accumulative benefits. If you only have 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening, you still get health benefits. So there's no excuse mm-hmm. because all of us spend at least 10 minutes looking at our phone every day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we, at least. We, we, yeah, at least, right? So you can find the time. And what I say is you're going you're gonna to spend the time and the money either way because people for the past 40 years that I've been working in health and fitness industry, people 
say two excuses they give me. They don't have the time to work out or they don't have the money to eat right and work out. And I say, you're going to spend the time and the money either way. You're either going to spend the time and the money on sick care or you're going to spend the time and the money on health care. Which is better for you? Because we all know how long it takes to have diagnostic tests or sit in the doctor's office or go for blood work and go for this test, go for that treatment, do that. That's sick care. I'd rather spend it, you know, exercising and eating right. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting too, Robbie, really quick, and then and then we'll move on. Um, you know, I think about um, my parents' generation, you know, at, at that time, obviously, fitness was not a, as integral part of their lives. And the sort of mindset too was, you know, uh, I'm going to work in my career for X number of years and retire and, you know, kind of stretch out and lay back and take it easy. And especially, you know, I'll be honest for men, um, we were the biggest culprits uh, or they were the biggest culprits, Mm -hmm. you know, they would get in their lazy boy chair and, you know, sit in front of the TV and they weren't as, as physically active in many cases. And I think this is why, uh, you know, we saw, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, our fathers, if you will, not do so well later on in life because they were not as physically active as they were when they were younger. Um, they just sort of plunked themselves down. And, you know, again, you know, if you want to play your best golf, you've got to be active and you've got to take care of your body both internally and externally uh, and between the years, particularly and um, one of the other things, too, that uh, I want to talk about uh, very quickly is uh, truth number five, and that's really uh, detoxing for health. That's equally important, mm-hmm. not just what you're putting in your body as far as feeding, um, but periodically you've got to detox your body. Talk a little bit about that, Robbie. Yes, it's detox body <laughs> and mind. Um, you know, sometimes we get... Uh, again, what we put in our mind is, is so important. What we, what we put, you know, what we look at, what we listen to, all of that. Uh, sometimes we're not, you know, listening to what we should be listening to or looking at what we should be looking at. So we need to go back again and get almost like a spiritual cleanse, but also a physical cleanse as well. So right now, there's so much information, as I mentioned earlier, about the microbiome. So your gut microbiome are the bacteria that's, that's in your gut. It's called the microbiome, and there's good and bad. And so if you eat junk food for seven days, you get rid, studies have shown you get rid of um, 50% of your good bacteria. What happens is mm-hmm. you drastically lower your immunity so that you open the door to disease. Not only that, they found that your microbiome is linked to your set point weight. So you could be obese just because you don't have a, a good, healthy, good bacteria in your gut. Um, also, it, the studies show, as I mentioned earlier, that it's also linked to anxiety, depression, inability to handle stress, things like that. So your microbiome really is like the second brain. So what we do in my practice, I don't get, someone comes in and they're having health problems or they're having, uh, you know, problems dealing with life or uh, they're gaining weight and they're eating everything right and they're exercising. What I recommend is that they do a detox. Now a detox can mean a lot of things. 
I'm not talking mm-hmm. about something that you have to stay home from work for or you're going to be in the bathroom the whole time or anything like that. Right. A detox, <laughs> and, I, and I have a detox in my book, um, is really, really eating the foods of the earth that God created that you don't need to read a label on without any pesticides, herbicides, hormones, uh, GMOs, uh, no antibiotics, none of that that's wrecking havoc on our health. It's clean eating. It's eating foods that you don't need to read a label on. It's not drinking juice for a week or just fasting or having food shipped to your door or counting calories or counting points. It's none of that. It's just eating clean, clean, whole foods that are nutrient-dense. And so I list them all in my book. But I'm telling you, not only can you lose a lot of weight that way, but you feel so much better physically and you have more energy um by day three or four after giving up sugar caffeine and junk food you know in in the first three days it's 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 hard because you're having withdrawal symptoms from sugar and even caffeine and caffeine's not bad i'm not saying it is but we do get rid of it at first during the detox uh just to mm-hmm. cleanse our body and you can add it back in but Sugar's addicting, caffeine's addicting, and if you need something to wake up in the morning, that's a problem. So we right. get rid of all of the stuff, and, and by day four, you have so much energy. <clears throat> you don't even want to go back to caffeine. You don't need sugar. You're off sugar. You're not craving it. So that's why we do a detox, and it's really important to do one spiritually as well as physically. Right. And, you know, we talked about earlier in, in the show, uh, again, this is another area, not specifically detox, but, you know, we talked about, and again, I'm going to relate it back to golf for the for the audience that's listening here tonight, um, mm-hmm. why these things are important. You know, we, we get out on the golf course, and, and again, we see a lot of folks out there as instructors, um, and, and Cindy would certainly attest to this. You know, we see players out there, and, and again, they're going along, and they get to a certain point, and suddenly they have no energy left, and their mm-hmm. brain, you know, developing a little brain fog, and and they're not able to concentrate and focus. And a lot of people say, well, what can I do to improve my game? Well, some of the things that you're talking about here in your book, um, by applying them to your everyday life, and, and again, I understand people that you know were time restricted and 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 things like that, and they, they don't want to. You know, they're afraid to make a big drastic change. Well, you can ease into some of this stuff a little bit too, I think, you know, uh, under yeah. the right oh, uh, circumstances. But, you yeah. know, we're not asking you to sort of drop tomorrow and, and just, you know, make a drastic change. But people want to play better golf and they want to enjoy, uh, you know, their round and have fun. Well, some of what you're talking about here um, can help you achieve that um, because it, it's going to give you more energy if you're eating properly and, um, and, and um, you know, doing your uh, prayers and, and things like that is going to help calm mm-hmm. and, and relax your mind uh, and reduce the stress in your life. And what you're going to find is you're actually going to enjoy uh, golf much more. Uh, I want to go to number six right now um, as we, we get ready to, to sort of wind things up a little bit here in a few moments. Um, and that is mm-hmm. managing stress, which, again, goes back to really the first part uh, first truth, if you will, is, is again, that faith and, and that uh, belief system is allowing you to help manage your stress along the way. And that's something that a lot of golfers get out there. They get anxiety because of their, their round and their bringing, as I said earlier, they're, you know, lugging 
uh, you know, wheels up uh, with all their baggage into the uh, into the golf course uh, from home or work or what have you. Um, let's talk about number six a little bit. Yeah, well, it's you know, um, it's so important. We have to manage our stress. Listen, we all have stress. We just have to manage it. And for me, the way that I manage my stress is through prayer. I mean, it's like cliche to say let go, let God, but it's true. You you cannot carry it with you. There's only so much that we can control, and then that's where that belief system comes in. But we're commanded to not be anxious for anything. I mean, God tells us, do not be anxious for anything. Do not worry. And there are really four risk factors to disease, and they are stress, lack of sleep, obesity, and eating suboptimal foods, processed foods, stuff like that. So, you know, your stress does affect your weight, which also affects your golf game, which also affects your performance in other areas of your life. So when right. we are stressed, we're more likely to be overweight. Uh, it also, you know, puts us in a fight or flight mo- mode where, uh, you know, we we almost perceive things as a threat or a danger. Um, and this can this reaction uh, causes certain hormones like adrenaline and cortisol to be re- released, which speeds up our heart rate, slows down digestion, shunts blood flow uh, to major muscle groups, which, again, if you're on the golf course, this is going to affect your game um, and, you know, affects our energy and our strength and our focus and all of that. So, you know, stress is just not good for our health. It's not good for, for you know, anything in our life, but we all have it. We just have to learn how to manage it. And of course, golf is a good way to help manage your stress. I mean, there's nothing better than, mm-hmm. um, you know, diverting your focus from what's stressing you out, right? But it can work right. the opposite way. You can carry it to the golf course. So, you know, using prayer, using exercise, those are good ways to manage your stress. Talking to a friend, shutting down electronically. Uh, you know, giving yourself some slack, cutting yourself some slack. Everything doesn't have to be perfect in your life. You just have to realize that there is a plan for our life, and God's plan is to prosper us and not harm us, to give us hope in the future. It's not, it's not to cause things to go wrong in our life. So you have to trust in that. That's where that faith comes in again. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, and uh, I just want to point something out too, just – uh, very quickly, um, and I'm I'm going to mention it a little bit more uh, as we wrap up. But you know, golf for me has always been uh, a, a great way to help me focus on other areas. Um, and, and it's not even just playing golf; even just doing the shows that I do and things like that. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy the challenges and helping students that I've worked with over the years. And you know listening to what you're saying here tonight makes so much sense because, you know, we, we have to treat our bodies um, a lot better than what we have in, in recent years, because uh, again, as we start to discover new things and, and reasons why things are happening the way they do, you know, years ago, we used to look at nutrition and things like that much differently than we do today. And uh, same with fitness and, and, um, you know, detoxing and things like that and stress levels as well. Um, You know, we we look at all of these things and and now we're understanding how these things are actually affecting us uh, long term. 
Um, because we know mm-hmm. when you're when you're in your teens or your early twenties, even you don't really think that far ahead. And you're not, you know, well, you know, that's, you know, when I'm 85, I'll worry about that. Well, then suddenly, you know, 50, 60 rolls around the corner real quick, and you're dealing with a lot of mm-hmm. these things. And um, you know, so I, I just want people to really, I hope, listen to this tonight and understand that this is not just um, going to help your golf game. This is obviously everyday life, and and um, but I want you to to really think about some of the things that we're talking about here. And the last one, Robbie, is one of my favorites, and that's sleep. Um, I've learned, you know, when I was younger, obviously, you know, you're up till wee hours of the morning, and, you know, you only need a couple of hours sleep, and you're back at it again the next day. But I learned very quickly getting a good night's rest and just being still and, and patient um, is very, very crucial to good health as well. So let's, um, as we get ready to wrap up here, let's talk about uh, truth number seven. Yeah, well, you know, again, when I was writing this book, and I I go into everything in depth in each of these chapters, but I meet people in my practice, again, who are eating right and exercising. They're doing everything right, but they're still sick. They're still tired. They're still not feeling well, and they still have disease. And why is that? Because, again, as I said before, they're they're, uh, not spiritually taking care of themselves. Uh, they don't have that support system with the family. Uh, they're not, you know, uh, they're li- maybe living in a toxic relationship. And now we get to stress and sleep. And those things, it doesn't matter how well you eat and how much you exercise. If you're not managing your stress and then if you're not getting enough rest, you are not going to be able to function. You won't be able to concentrate on the golf course. You won't be able to concentrate in life. And really, it leads to you physically breaking down. I mean, chronic stress causes a lot of problems with your health. Chronic prolonged stress and sleep deprivation is, it leads to chronic stress of your body. It stresses your body when you're not sleeping. Not only that, um, there was a study done that showed that people who get an average of only six hours of sleep per night are 27% more likely to be overweight than those who slept seven Mm -hmm. to nine hours. And also people who slept an average of five hours of sleep per night were 73% more likely to be overweight. Because what happens is, again, it releases hormones in our bodies because of the stress it's putting on our body. uh, We hang on to fat. Our body actually hangs on to fat when we're not getting enough sleep or we're not managing our stress. That will affect you physically. It will affect you mentally. And so, you know, we there are so many things that we can do to manage our stress, to manage our sleep. In terms of the sleep, lavender oil helps both. It helps manage your, your stress. It also helps manage your sleep. Um, things like shutting down electronically at least two hours before you go to bed, making sure that you're not keeping your phone by your, um, you know, by your bedside, Making sure that you mm-hmm. go to bed and wake up at the same time every every day, because that consistency is going to help to get your your body on a a schedule on a pattern, and the list right. goes on and on and on. But um, you know, really taking a warm bath, a hot tub bath, or a sauna, taking supplements occasionally like melatonin or St. John's Wort, uh, certainly praying because sometimes we can't sleep because we're worried 
And again, writing things down for tomorrow so that you're not thinking about them. Exercise helps you sleep. And of course, you know, getting, talking to a friend, things like that. If you're concerned about something and it's causing you to stay up at night, but there's a lot of things that you can do. Shutting out lights, you know, not having night lights and getting those blackout curtains and things like that really help as well. Yeah. Rest is a, a huge, um, really component into health. And I, I know in, in more recent years, you know, I've started forcing myself, um, you know, really, because you, you get distracted throughout the day, you get so many things on your mind and really shutting it down. And, and even with social media and things like that, you know, I obviously use social media for uh, promotions of the shows and things like that, but I don't spend a lot of time um, as most people that follow me know, uh, you know, I don't spend a lot of time posting, you know, a lot of trivial things like that. I, I do it specifically for uh, business purposes and that. And I try to limit, um, you know, during the week, really what I post just because I don't want to be constantly entrenched in social media because what ends up happening is you, you just get, you know, you're looking to well, how many likes am I going to get or how many, you know, follow me this week or whatever. And mm-hmm. the problem is that you, your mind doesn't shut down uh, come the end of the day. So I've made a conscious effort to, to, you know, ratchet that back considerably. Not that I was really, uh, you know, overboard with it, but um, you know, I've tried to really ratchet that back a lot over the years and I've made a conscious effort of getting a good night. I mean, I get every day I get eight hours sleep. Um, just because, um, you know, I want to, yeah, (laughs) and I've still managed to put a full day in, but, but, you know, I make a conscious point of, of doing that because I want to feel better. And, you know, as uh, I'm in my mid fifties, that gives the folks an idea of where I'm at. So I want to make sure that my later, you know, half of my life, um, that I'm going to be healthy and, and, uh, you know, be able to enjoy it. And I don't want to be sick and, and I want to be able to play golf and, until I, I obviously can't play anymore um, and and teach and do all these other things. And you can't do that if you're not fueling your body correctly, and if you're not getting the, the proper rest, um, you know, mm-hmm. so um, a great, yeah, great book. And I also just want to point out for the listeners, uh, another great reason to, to buy this book, obviously, because there's a lot of uh, great information, but you have put together many, many pages, of course, with, with help of, of family and friends, uh, some great recipes that are in this book, mm-hmm. beginning on uh, page 181. I mean, there's literally a thick portion of this book has uh, some great <laughs> recipes, you know, for what you were talking about earlier. So there's no excuse, um, you know, for, for those listening out there that want to go out and, and make some changes. Uh, Robbie's uh, got you covered there as well. So Robbie, as uh, we just mm-hmm. have a few minutes left here and I want to give you an opportunity um, since we've, we've unpacked the book uh, and, and, and uh, obviously not its full entirety, but uh, given the folks uh, mm-hmm. a good listen to uh, what, what's available, where can they get a copy of uh, the raw truth recharge uh, seven truths for uh, total health and fitness? Where can they get that? Where is it available? Um, where can we direct so, them? Yes. Amazon.com. Um, probably the easiest place to get it, but uh, yeah, if, if you want it at your local bookstore, they'll, they can order it as well. But um, it's uh, it's a good gift for anyone because it really hits every arena of our life. And uh, most people tell me they cry when <laughs> reading the book. I don't want people to cry, but it is impactful. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> so, yeah, it uh, certainly is. 
Thank yeah, you. I, you know, as I mentioned to you the other day, yeah, as I mentioned to you the other day, uh, obviously um, Robbie very graciously sent me a copy of her book um, prior to the show, and I've had a chance to to start to dig into it. I haven't tried any of the recipes yet, but I'm definitely going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had a chance to read the whole book, but I guarantee you that I will uh, many times over. Um, but Robbie, I want to thank you not only for putting this book together because I think it's a really well done book. Um, certainly from what I've, I've seen and, and read so far and from what we've discussed tonight. Um, but I want to thank you for, for coming on Golf Talk Live and sharing that with my audience because, uh, again, as I was alluding to, folks, I know uh, for the last hour we didn't talk a, a lot about golf in specifics, and you're probably sitting there thinking to yourselves out there, well, you know, how's this going to help my golf game? I guarantee you if you read this book and you follow um, – literally to the letter of what Robbie's talking about through this book from your spiritual uh, life right out to um, some good health and and fitness uh, tips in here. Um, I guarantee it you're going to see an improvement in your golf game. And obviously you're going to work together with your your local uh, LPGA or or PGA uh, golf professionals going to help you with the physical part of your game. But what Robbie talks about in this book is definitely going to help change your life in such a, a way um, that it, it, it can't do anything but help your golf game as well. So uh, go out and get a copy. Go to Amazon.com and just search out the Raw Truth Recharge. I guarantee that's all you need, or Robbie Raw. Uh, and Raw is spelled R-A-U-G-H, and you'll find her book that way. Uh, get yourself a copy. It's well worth it. Um, Robbie, thank you very much, and God bless you for all that you do. And I know that we're going to try and work on some things in the future that you and I talked about privately and We'll talk more in, in the near future about that. But thank you very, very much for not only joining Cindy and I a few weeks ago, but for coming back and joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. Well, thank you. And I just want to mention the book was also just picked up by Bridge Logos, which is a, a publisher, a national publisher. So uh, people can get it that way, too, and I didn't want to forget that. But, Ted, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see uh, what the future holds, and uh, I'm just grateful that I got into golf. <laughs> I you know what, go out and, and go forth and, and really enjoy it. And, and like I said earlier, um, Cindy is a great uh, professional. Uh, both her and her husband, Alan, have, have done so much to give back to the game. Uh, they've obviously gotten a lot from the game over the years as well, but they, they do so much to give back. And and I think that you'll really enjoy working with her because she'll give it to you straight, which I know you like, um, yes. but she will definitely help uh, in that in, the, yeah, in that journey. And uh, and she'll she'll work you hard, but uh, it'll be well worth it in the long run. You'll you'll get many many great years, you and your husband, of some some fun together on the golf course. So, uh, Robbie, again, God bless yeah. you. Thank you for joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. Uh, much continued success, and we'll I'll be in touch with you soon. Okay. Well, thank you for an excellent interview, and uh, yes, we'll talk soon. God bless you. Take care. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Uh, all right, that was my very special guest, uh, Robbie Raw. She's a registered nurse, author, and motivational speaker. And uh, you can find her literally all over the internet. And her book, again, is called The Raw Truth Recharge, Seven Truths for Total Health and Fitness. Go to Amazon.com. is probably the easiest way to get it and check it out. Uh, on that note, uh, thank you for joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. And once again, thanks to the Coaches Corner panel, John Hughes and Sue Weger. Uh, Thanks, guys, for doing a fantastic job, and I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for listening to this evening's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Remember to tune in each week at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live. If you can't join us live, 
check out the on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts, or listen on any of the following social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on future shows and upcoming guests, be sure to visit the show's Facebook page, Golf Talk Live Blog. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO. Remember to join me live each week for another great broadcast of Golf Talk Live. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.